Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Well, hello. Fancy running into you here. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Today is Thursday, March the 2nd. This is the Illuminated Word, and I'm David McLean. Our reading today is going to come from perhaps the most famous section of Scripture, as we will be reading in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. John writes, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. And all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they are doing what God wants. So again, pretty popular section of scripture here. Uh, John 3.16, most people can quote it. Even people who don't necessarily call themselves Christians can probably uh, quote John 3.16. But you know, uh, when we come to this section of scripture, uh, there's something there that is very important for all of us to remember. When I think about the moments in my life, the things that I've had to go through and and challenges I have faced, whether it's uh, having a child, a newborn that was, you know, in the NICU for three months, born premature and and almost dying, or whether it was uh, going through the whole um, adoption process uh, with with a baby who was born to a drug addict mother and dealing with what she was going through. You know, there's been so many things throughout my life, throughout mine and my wife's life uh, that we would call a a challenge, uh, a test, a test of of faith, a test of trust, of patience, a, a test of love. But when I think about all the stuff that we've been through either together or me, you know, on my own, I realize that that none of it would have happened. All the blessings that come through the trials and the struggles and the tests and and the things that God has done throughout uh, my life, going through difficult times and even through easy times, but none of those things would have happened. I would not have got to experience anything if I wouldn't have made the initial choice to follow God. For example, when it came to uh, becoming a foster home with the state when we lived in Mississippi, that was a terrifying thing. The terrifying idea to even begin that process. But we felt like it was something God had, had laid on our hearts, that God had opened a door for us to go through. This was something that he wanted us to do. And so we reluctantly said, yes, let's give this a try. And to save a long story short, almost 12 years later, we have our daughter. Uh, but we wouldn't have her if we had not initially chose to follow God. We were faced with a decision that was do what we felt was God's purpose for our life or don't. And so you might look at a situation like that and say, how could you say no? Well, I, I don't know. But I know that plenty of people say no all the time to what God wants them to do. And just because I've said yes a few times doesn't mean that I've necessarily said yes every time. 
See, sometimes when God says serve, we say no. When God says things like, let there be not even a hint of sexual immorality among you, like he says in Ephesians, we say no. When he says love others, we say no. Time and time again, we know what God wants for our lives, and yet we say no. What we need to realize is that our faith, our relationship with God, is all about the choices we make every day. And that's the thing about God that amazes me. God, the almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe, who breathed life into us, who simply spoke the world into being, gives us choices to make. He doesn't force us to do anything. Instead, he leaves the decision to us. Scripture is full of instances where God allows his people to make their own decisions. You look at one of the most powerful examples is Joshua addressing the nation of Israel right before his death. And when he says, you know, choose today, you choose today who you are going to serve, whether it's the God of your ancestors or, the, or, or Baal, but choose who you're going to serve. Because as, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua says, make the choice. Choose today who you will serve. You don't have to serve God. He's not going to force you. Instead, he wants you to make a choice. And so, what does that have to do with John 3.16? Well, you have Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. He comes to Jesus at night when no one will see him. He can do it in secret. And when Jesus comes, in, or when Nicodemus comes and sees Jesus at night, Jesus responds with what has become the most well-known verses among believers, and again, even non-believers, when he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact that God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. There it is. Did you see it? Did you see the choice? It all depends on the choice that we make. We love John 3.16. We quote it again and again, but a lot of time we forget... 317. Christ did not come to condemn us, but to save us. It was all out of love. And we can't forget 318, that we must choose to believe and live our lives for Christ. Could you imagine if a conversation took place between the Father and the Son before, what it would have sounded like? <clears throat> son, I'm sending you into the world. You'll enter as a child, and you'll grow among them. And when you get older, you're going to minister to them. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to give sight to the blind. You're going to make the lame walk. You're going to give life to the dead. More importantly, you're going to reconcile my children to me. Why? Because I love them. And they need a second chance. Oh, and by the way, they're going to reject you. They're going to mock you, curse you, and ultimately kill you. So why are we doing this? Because we love them. But don't worry, son. After three days, you'll be raised from the tomb. You will live again, and you will come back home and sit right here with me. Why? Because we love them. Oh, and one more thing. Even after you've done all these things, even after you've died for their sins and are raised back to life, 
they will still have to choose whether or not to believe and follow. They will still have to make the choice. Why? Because we love them. Think about it. It all really boils down to our decision. So don't ever forget that God gives you the opportunity to choose. He doesn't force you to do anything. And then also remember, our decisions should be made in light of God's love for us. Just put your name there. For We tend to read God loved the world, but put your name there. For God so loved David that he gave his one and only son so that if David believes in him, he will not perish but have eternal life. So if that's the case, then what is my response to him? God wants me to give a few hours a week serving him? Well, compared to what he did, I think I can do that. God wants me to get rid of all sexual immorality, all filth, all the things that pollute my mind? Well, if he loves me that much, then he must have my best interest in mind. God wants me to open my home and my heart to someone else's child? Well, God adopted me as a son, even though I don't deserve it. God wants to challenge me, twist me, break me, also I will learn to depend on him? Well, if God so loved David, then David can love God. And the last thing is, the only person who can make the choice is you. I can't make the choice for you. Our spouses can't make the choice for us. Our parents couldn't make the choice for us. Friends, children, the elders, deacons, ministers, no one can make the choice except for us. You don't want to serve God. You don't want to give it all up to him. You don't want to put on Christ in baptism. That's okay. It's your choice. And God's not going to force you. He's not going to chase you. I mean, think about the prodigal son. When the son wanted to leave, what did the father do? He, he let him go. And he didn't chase him. He waited. And when the son made the choice to come back, the father was waiting. No one can make you choose, and no one is going to chase you. And if you're chasing someone who's refusing to serve God, who's refusing to be an active part of, of God's church, or someone who continually refuses to pick up the cross and follow Christ, then remember this, you, you can't make them choose. You they have to choose for themselves who they're going to serve. So remember, God gives us the opportunity to choose, and our decisions should be made in light of God's love for us. And the only person who can make the choice for you is you. Now, that may seem kind of simple, but we can get lost in some false thoughts, some false practices, like the idea that we can force someone to do something or we forget that they have to make that choice. And, and sometimes we want to blame our lack of service or our lack of growth on other things, but really it's, it's our choice. We don't want to give up. We don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to serve. That's our choice. It's no one else's fault. And so you think about the choices that we make. I want to end our podcast today with a story that I read a long time ago. And it's supposedly a true story, but you know how these preacher stories are. <laughs> maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but it's supposedly a true story. The story goes like this. After a few of the usual Sunday hymns, the preacher slowly stood up, walked over to the pulpit, and before he gave his sermon for the day, briefly introduced a guest minister who was there that morning. In the introduction, the preacher told the congregation that the guest minister was one of his dearest childhood friends and that he wanted him to have a few moments to greet the church and share whatever he felt would be appropriate. With that, an elderly man stepped up to the pulpit and began to speak. And he said, A father, his son, and a friend of his son were sailing off the Pacific coast when a fast-approaching storm blocked any attempt to get back to the shore. 
The waves were so high that even though the father was an experienced sailor, he could not keep the boat upright, and the three were swept into the ocean as the boat capsized. The old man hesitated for a moment, making eye contact with two teenagers who were, for the first time since the service began, looking somewhat interested in his story. The aged minister continued with his story. Grabbing a rescue line, the father had to make the most excruciating decision of his life. To which boy he would throw the other end of the lifeline. He only had seconds to make the decision. The father knew that his son was a Christian, and he also knew that his son's friend was not. The agony of his decision could not be matched by the torrent of waves. As the father yelled out, I love you, son, he threw out the lifeline to his son's friend. By the time the father had pulled the friend back to the capsized boat, his son had disappeared beneath the raging swells into the black of night. His body was never recovered. By this time, the two teenagers were sitting up straight in the pew, anxiously waiting for the next words to come out of the old minister's mouth. And the man continued, The father knew his son would step into eternity with Jesus, and he could not bear the thought of his son's friend stepping into an eternity without Jesus. Therefore, he sacrificed his son to save the son's friend. How great is the love of God that he should do the same for us. Our Heavenly Father sacrificed his only son that we could be saved. I urge you to accept his offer to rescue you and take a hold of the lifeline he is throwing out to you in this service. And with that, the old man turned and sat down in his chair as silence filled the room. The preacher again walked slowly to the pulpit and delivered a brief sermon with an invitation at the end. However, no one responded to the appeal. Within minutes after the service ended, the two teenagers were at the old man's side, and they asked, That was a nice story, but I don't think it was very realistic for a father to give up his only son's life in hopes that the other boy would become a Christian. The old man replied, Well, you've got a point there, glancing down at his worn Bible. A big smile broadened his narrow face, and he once again looked up at the boys and said, It sure isn't very realistic, is it? But I'm standing here today to tell you that this story gives me a glimpse of what it must have been like for the God for God to give up his son for me. You see, I was that father, and your preacher is my son's friend. We all have a choice to make. And you never know who your decision will affect or, or how it will affect them. You, you can choose to serve your own self each and every day and ignore God's desire and purpose for your life, and that's okay because it's your decision. But you don't know what you might miss out on, who you might miss being a blessing to, or the blessings that God has in store for you. Thank you for listening, not just today, but each time you listen to the Illuminated Word. Our hope is that this podcast encourages you each time. Maybe you learned something new you didn't know before, but that it would encourage you to continue living your faith as you move throughout your day. And of course, our prayer is also that you would see opportunities that God has opened for you each day to be a blessing to those around you in some form or fashion. And until next time you listen to the Illuminated Word, have a blessed day.